Freddy. Ready, Freddy. Hey, guys, we're back. And we're back, guys. Again. Here we are. (laughs) In the flesh. (laughs) This is really us. This is really us. Finally. Um, We we were struggling. We were struggle bussing. We were struggle bussing. I, uh... I have a brain disease, and so <laughs> she starts laughing. Oh, you're like, disclaimer. she's like, oh, you have a brain Disc- disease. That's hilarious. <laughs> disclaimer: I have a trigger brain warning. <laughs> trigger warning: I have a brain disease, <laughs> and it uh, affects every aspect of my life. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my buddy over here has a, a chronic disease that I also affects a, every aspect pancreas. of her life. So sometimes. We're a little behind and... A lot of times. A lot of times. And that's okay. And that is okay. Yeah. We are but human beings. We are but human beings and we're doing our best. And if if anyone out there is on the chronically ill bus, we see you. We see you. We get it. You're only human. We may... I mean, we've tried to do these weekly, but we may go to every other week. We may throw in a couple of mini-sodes in there just on the weeks that we're having a particularly harder time but we're back and we appreciate you hanging in there yes and being patient with yeah. us um uh we're still seeing like getting new listeners and that is i can't even tell it's you really that's so neat that yeah. is just so neat it makes me feel less bad yeah when we can't put out content consistently because the content we have put out you guys are still you consuming like and yeah. you're commenting on it and i've had people talk to me in person about it which, especially that Rebecca Zhao case. Yeah. Man, like, I what a so doozy. many people have what talked to me about that case. Yeah. And people are sending suggestions still. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for hanging in there. And we're sorry that we're, we are who we are. We're, we're, we are trying. <laughs> we're trying our best. But we promised you, a, like, a cult case. And yes. dang it, we're going to deliver. Here. We're yeah. here. We're going to do it. We're here with as many spoons as we can as offer. Many, our energy might start off a little low, but we're really hoping we get kind of jazzed up yep. with this case because it's pretty interesting. And the way that I'm going to present it to you, Mindy, is going to be unconventional. It's not going to be in Listen, a way that I'm we've not done really before. a fan of convention. Yeah. Let's break tradition. I'm not going to present you with evidence. I'm not going to do any of that. It's going to be an immersive experience. I'm going to pull are from we, my... Are we doing a murder? We're doing a murder. We are going to start a cult. <laughs> okay. Well, shit. All right. Well, we're... So, I am a storyteller by trade. So, for this case specifically, when I was looking into it, I was like, you know what is not often done when talking about cults is the perspective of the actual followers. Yeah. A lot of the times when you look at a cult, whether it be... Charles Manson. I don't know why that was hard for me to produce. Charles Manson, the Waco. Yeah. The, like, you think those people are crazy. I would never. Yeah. I would never. Mm-hmm. Oh, side note. I have noticed on Spotify, um, towards the bottom, instead of leaving a review, you're able to answer a question. There's, like, a Q&A section. And the default so far has been, like, what do you think of this episode? We've had a lot of people comment on that. We're going to start reading those. In episodes, the comments you guys leave. And at the end of every episode, we're actually going to pose a question that you can react to. Give us your answers. We'll read it in the next episode. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So this question that I want you to think about for the entirety of the episode and then comment your answer at the end is what would it take for you to join a cult? Yeah, (laughs) because that's interesting. It's really fascinating to me because 
first of all, the definition of a cult is pretty loose. Mm-hmm. A lot of things could be considered a cult. Right, right. And it's not necessarily dangerous. Right, right, right. So, all right. In this case, oh, did we even introduce the show? No. We did so much of an apology at the beginning that this is Cookies and Crime, where we bring snacks and we talk about true crime. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm Mindy. And I'm Renee. <laughs> if you don't know us by now, I mean... Then just stop I'm, listening. I mean... <laughs> it's about time you join us, though, so thank you for that. Um, trigger warnings for this case, as is for most cults Sexual true abuse. crime... Well, mostly, like, crimes involving children, suicide, stuff like Damn. that. Yeah, so I, the, it's, it's generally... Colts it's be Colton. Colts be Colton. It's general true crime kind of <coughs> darkness to it. So, like, just proceed with caution if you don't have... They, they know what they're getting you know into. What you, if you hit play, if you, hear, if you, you hit play at this into. point, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So, um, as a disclaimer, because I told you this is going to be a different presentation than we normally do this method of storytelling is going to rely heavily on putting myself into someone else's mindset not based on an actual individual specific real life person but based on other accounts that i've read so the majority of like the opinions that i'm going to pretend that you're having while you're listening to the story are fictional i want you to know that i'm not relying on anyone's account specifically so just so you know no one come at me If you see something and you try to fight me on evidence, don't do it, because I'm making most of it up. Okay. (laughs) All right. So picture this. It's the 1960s. You're in Indiana. Segregation was all the rage. Aggressive prejudice was rampant. You fall in whichever category specifically it is. You fall in one of the categories that would make you a little bit more persecuted and more of an outsider than the average probably white person. Okay. You are looking for a safe place that's free of that persecution. (coughs) Religiously speaking, socially speaking, just all around, you're looking for a safe place. A close friend recommends a church down the street. You're a little skeptical, especially when you see this basic white guy up at the pulpit. Then you notice that the audience is mixed. There are whites, there are blacks, there are Mexicans, there are Asians. it's, It's the most mixed audience you've seen, okay? And all of them are listening to this white man so intensely that you're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And he's preaching stuff about, like, inclusion. He's encouraging this mixed audience to continue to mix because, you know, that's it's it's a strange thing for the 60s because, again, this is the start of that movement. Right. But um, but it's appealing to you because you're in one of those demographics that feels like an outsider. So he's speaking against segregation. He's opening this congregation to any and all people looking for a home. And that's a big deal for you. Literally everything this man says is so profound and so revolutionary (coughs) that mentally you're putting him up there with, like, Martin Luther King Jr. You're like, this guy's saying all the right things. Yeah. I like this. All these civil rights activists, he's right in line with those. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel safe. He and his wife even adopted a black child. So he's giving emotionally charged sermons that are pulling from personal experience because this is involving his family. He's pulling from your own experiences, and he's like, look, this is how it should be. This is how God intended it to be. Again, he's saying all the right things. Yeah. And then the longer you start to attend his sermons, the more you realize he's also fighting for local businesses to accept other demographics. Mm -hmm. He's fighting for them to let black people into their stores and restaurants. 
and to hire them onto their staffs. He's trying to create a cohesive community. Despite I mean, that, that the all friction, pretty good. Yeah, this is like such a socially heated period in history sure. that this this guy he seems like like, like he, a heaven sent. Like, yeah, I mean, this is the guy. I agree with all, yeah. all, all those things. Yeah, don't start questioning it yet. Pretend you continue to agree. This guy also. <laughs> this is the part where I'm like, yeah, hit or miss. But this guy, okay, this preacher. <coughs> excuse me. He starts healing during services. So you watch this woman. Red flag. <laughs> this is where I'm like, pretend that you still That's believe this. That's a red this. flag. <laughs> Let me tell this story. Is, this, this part is actually drawn from an actual instance. You watch this woman who had a tumor in her head go up to this preacher, and he says some stuff. He works his magic, and she spits out this tumor into the preacher's hand. <laughs> Fake news. Super weird. <laughs> super weird, super crazy, but she's perfectly healthy after that. She's not dying anymore. That is a setup. <laughs> no more and I don't buy it. <laughs> We've lost Mindy. Okay, so Mindy's not joining this cult. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, stranger things have happened. Let's pretend that you believe, like, you're like a big sure, sure, miracle sure, sure. kind of believer. Sorry, I you really know, <laughs> You know this woman like, personally. No. You're like, this woman did say she had a tumor. A doctor told her she had a tumor. Now she's perfectly healthy and the tumor's gone. She literally spit it into the preacher's hand. This is strange, but weirder things have happened. So you might be a little skeptical like Mindy is, but you're still like, he's saying good stuff, though. So even though that part might be a little odd, and I don't know how I feel about it, everything else he's saying and the kind of community he's presenting is still good. So I think I'm going to keep coming. So pretend you're going to keep coming, Mindy. Okay, yeah, I'm going to ignore all of my better judgment. (laughs) Keep going. Put your logic aside. Yeah, I'm going to set logic and reason aside. Logic and reason. Just ignore it. So you start. Uh, you continue attending his services, okay? But you, you, you might be like... Mm. <laughs> you might be... <laughs> I mean, you might never be 100%, honestly. Yeah. This is just the most comfortable you felt, so you're, like, willing to put up with... Yeah, I mean, whatever really, truly, like, you, n- you never know, like, where you are in life. Yeah. Like, maybe this is the thing that you needed... Yep. To, to come into your to your life to be positive. Exactly. Let's like, pretend that's the case. Exactly. You haven't found any other congregation that makes you feel like this, so right. you're willing to put up with a little bit of skepticism. You want to belong to something. You want to feel good about something. He's saying yeah. some pretty good stuff. She may have actually spit out, like, a little bit of chicken cartilage, but whatever. Let's pretend it's a tumor and roll with it, right? Right. That's what you do. Let's pretend that's what you We're do. Gonna sweep that right under the rug the next thing that would make me skeptical but for the story's sake we're going to pretend this does not make anyone skeptical um indiana is not as progressive as some places out west are and so this preacher is like we need more room we need a more accepting environment i want to move this church to california circa 1965 it's Mm -hmm. 1965 Mm -hmm. at this With the big changes, the big move, and not everyone's going to move with him. You think about moving with him. The big part that affects you is, with all these new changes and the growth in the congregation, the preacher starts asking you for more and more tithing. Now, for those who are not religious, tithing is a percentage of your income that you pay to whatever church you belong to. Not every sect of Christianity does this. Not every individual congregation does this. It's super high tithing uh, is common for paid clergy mm-hmm. because they those the preachers have to get a paycheck somehow. Right. They rely on their congregation. 
other alternative, because I'm going to bring in my own religion at the end of this episode too. In I'm, I'm MLDS. In our church, tithing, we have an unpaid clergy. They all have their own careers outside of their church service. Gotcha, gotcha. So our tithing goes towards improving, like, the building, Mm -hmm. building more buildings, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Charity, a lot of our charitable donations, like, that tends to be... Ideally, when you pay tithing to whatever church you belong to, you can see directly where that money is going. Mm -hmm. Ideally. Honestly, in this case, you're seeing that, too. It's just very clearly going in his pocket. But... (laughs) Let's just roll with this, okay? Let's, again, pretend you're, like, a little skeptic, but you're like, honestly, he does need to move into a bigger building because there's more people. you know, might as well go. Might as well go to California. I don't have anything else going on. Exactly. Well, let's pretend you don't have family in the area. This congregation is your family. When the preacher says, we're going to move to California and build a big, flashy building. Why not? You're like, okay. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Nice there. (coughs) Sunny. The weather's probably good. I don't know. Um, So... Let's pretend it doesn't feel super strange to you yet, because, again, you see the logic. You're like, there are more people joining. He is, he's essentially creating a movement. It's both a social movement and a religious movement. So, sure, they need a bigger building. And your church family, because it's growing and you're developing this really close relationships with these like-minded people, you're like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice more of my income to support this cause. So you move to California. You've invested a lot of time. And money into the growth of this church, this spiritual home that you've found, okay? This literal found family. You trust this preacher to take care of you and to continue to keep these inclusive and comforting standards of belief in check. Like, that's the whole reason you're there is because his doctrine's not changing, at least right now, right? He's just trying to grow, physically grow the congregation. One day at church... You're talking to an older member of the congregation, older, like elderly, not like has been there longer. But and this is like an, maybe an old lady that you've spent a lot of time with in the congregation. And she's telling you how she's so happy that she sold her home to give to the church and she wants to be able to donate more. And you're like, oh, that's a lot of commitment. A lot. You sold your home. That's more than just paying a small percentage of your income. That's like your house. Yeah. That's interesting. You applaud her conviction, but you're starting to have thoughts. Like, yeah. Oh, he encouraged you to do that? Okay. That seems a lot manipulative of an elderly member Excessive. of the congregation. Yeah. Over the years, you see more and more of this. You see members of your congregation selling and handing over larger and larger assets to the church. This is the point where... I don't know. The miracles thing didn't throw me off as oh, much. Oh, that the spitting, the hmm. spitting, the thing in the hand. I was like, that's not okay. That wouldn't be how it works. But okay, that's not where your brain. You can't spit out. It's just theater from your brain. Yeah, it's yeah, theater. It for sure. Is. I hate it. This infuriates me though. This infuriates me. Manipulating. Oh my god! Members to give like over their whole life. Your whole life. That's 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 horrifying. It's one thing to ask. Um, believers to sacrifice part like that's a super common theme in christianity sacrificing part of yourself whether it be your time sure or your mind that's one thing but saying okay to benefit me me personally i want you to the preacher of this congregation i want you to sell your house yep and give it to me not not to god not to a higher being but to me so i can live more comfortably so i can get all the things i want exactly exactly 
Okay, so back to the story. You're you're starting to see stuff like that becoming more common. You maybe haven't done it yet. If you have done it, you didn't have as much to lose as some of these people. So their level of loss is alarming you a little bit. <coughs> We're approaching the mid to late 70s, okay? You've been following this church for nearly a decade. It's become familiar enough that despite your issues that you're kind of developing, it's still it's still home. You're still super close to these people. Maybe the preacher is a little sending up red flags, but the people that you're you're worshiping with are like you're really attached to, okay? Yeah, it's your like a community. Yeah, your conviction for the original doctrine he presented hasn't faded. Mm-hmm. You're you're kind of trying to overlook those, okay? You're not you're you're nitpicking and finding things to complain about, but none of it is like I'm going to get up and leave. Right, yet. right. Okay. And so this preacher then starts adding things to the doctrine. So it's not just about inclusion anymore. Mm. There's a little bit of exclusion involved oh. now, okay? Friends and family that aren't in the church, you should probably ignore them and they're cut out. them out of your life. They're out. Because they're not supporting your ideals Ruh-roh. and your beliefs and our cause as a family. So that is a little strange to you. Granted, let's pretend you don't have family, okay? Mm-hmm. All of your friends are in the church. So you at yourself don't may not have to cut off anyone, but you're seeing, like, peers, like that old lady that sold her house. She's cut off her adult children because they don't believe in the church. It's almost as if they're <laughs> being isolated. It, yes, from anyone who can talk sense. Interesting. So, uh, again, this doesn't seem... For you personally, you're trying to like you're look still in. Like you're, you're like, still in. You're still in. You're still in. We're gonna we're gonna go as far as we can just so you guys get the full length of this story, okay? Otherwise, we would have all jumped ship by now. But let's pretend, okay? Celibacy is demanded. So this is not a super weird piece of doctrine on the surface. A lot of religions believe in like abstinence until marriage, but this one, <laughs> because this preacher says he's a little more spiritually aware than you. He says, you know what? You guys need a special level of purity. Keep in mind, there are married couples in your congregation. Mm-hmm. This isn't just randy teenagers you're trying to not have sex till marriage, right? This is like grown adults who have been married and had kids and definitely had sex, okay? And this preacher is like, you know what? Not anymore. <laughs> you guys not anymore. You're not pure enough. Yeah. So everyone has to be celibate except me. Because I'm, I'm pure. <laughs> because I'm, I'm the purest. I'm the purest of all of, of, you. All of you. But you can't. And have I'm sex the only with one other. allowed. Yeah, even the, despite- with your wives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's all. He also. <laughs> you know that that's not that that's not the only like cult leader that's no, done this that. This is a very. This is a trend. It's so weird. This is a trend. Again, this is where you've got to think about what a weird it. power when you start trip. to look at like what what distinguishes a religion from mm-hmm. a cult. This is one of those things. It's a that, fine line sometimes. That control. Yeah, because it's not just, okay, sex is precious, sex is sacred, only have sex with the person you're married to. That's one doctrine. But to go as far as you are not allowed to sleep with your husband, but you can sleep with me because I am purer than your husband. That, is- that goes beyond, like, they're taking away every bit of choice that you have. Like, that's yeah. insane. So you... You really got to be all in to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. And let's pretend you are. (laughs) I'm going to keep going with this story. That is a lot. This sounds weird to you, though, okay? Everyone listening, this sounds weird, as it does to regular you and not story you. It sounds a little weird, especially because the preacher's not living what he's preaching. 
And you're starting to notice that. You're like, um, that's a... a little hypocritical. It's a little hypocritical. He also is saying that everyone is gay but him, which confused me. Wait, everyone is everyone gay? Everyone is gay. Everyone is gay. Well, I mean, that's an argument that we could have, but... <laughs> <laughs> but he's not. I mean, he's sexuality not. is a spectrum. <laughs> but, he, but but he's like, but I'm not. But I'm not. He's but like, I'm the only one I'm, that's not. Exactly. Well, and it goes. It kind of goes. Y'all are, like like you all are this way and this way and this way. But I'm exempt from all of these descriptions because I'm pure and perfect. It's weird. It's weird, and it's there's a lot of inconsistencies. <laughs> like, this guy's got a lot of trauma. He's got. There's stuff going on in for his sure. head. He for needs sure. to unpack it with a therapist. Well, he can't now, but we'll get to that part of the story. Um, also, the last bit of doctrine he starts to introduce is autonomy is dangerous. Now, you're the first to admit that you don't know everything, okay? You've also trusted this man for a literal decade yeah. of following his congregation. Okay, so when he said, we're all going to attend this guy's political rally and vote for him, you're like, okay, sure. And then he says... You two are going to be married now. You're like, okay, sure. And then he's like, okay, we're all going to move to California. Remember, we agreed to that. We all moved to California. You're like, okay, maybe he does know better than me. But at some point, you're like, okay, he's not just saying he knows more. He's taking away my ability to tell him he's wrong, which is yeah. a human right. Autonomy, ability yeah. to choose. Like, that is a basic yeah, it's like human it's, right. We're, we're getting to absolute control. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's a, you know, a lot of people are humble enough to admit that there are people out there that know better than them. They are. That's like a, a, yeah, I would hope a big so. method of growth to get to that point where you're like, yeah. yeah, you probably know more. And from a religious perspective, when you are believing in someone like God, who you believe knows everything and you don't, you do have that kind of like humility that you've got to maintain. But when this is like a physical human person who is taking away all of your rights and your money, I, there's a point where you got to be like, okay, maybe he doesn't actually know more than me. Maybe he's just trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those distinguishing yeah. things between religion and cult. But anyway, I digress. Okay. So you're not, <laughs> let's pretend that all of this still hasn't turned you off 100%. Keep in mind, you still have a found family in this congregation, regardless of what the leader's saying. I don't know, man. I know. Mindy's this... already jumped ship. Yeah. Honestly, I have to, but for the sake of the story, let's pretend we didn't. Okay. You didn't have a family to cut off. You didn't have a lot of financial assets to get rid of. You haven't actually lost a whole lot, but it's you're just starting little, it's to a get chaotic. Un- yeah, yeah, it's a little unnerving. You're starting to get a little Yeah, you're 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 getting a little bit uneasy about what you've decided to follow, okay? <clears throat> but you're still kind of in the phase where you're rationalizing. You're like maybe I should leave, but also I do have this person I'm really close to. Maybe I should leave, but also he did accept xyz minorities when no one else would you're you're trying to nice you're trying to balance the good and the bad and talk yourself into staying because this is the only family you've ever known it's a difficult position to be in it's easy i think for for me personally to look at this and be like i would have jumped ship at the beginning i mean i would have agreed with all the inclusion stuff but like the minute he goes sideways with his doctrine i would have left but that's you know i'm a i come from a different background i don't come from this kind of background so I sympathize with a lot of his followers. Um, okay. So where did it all go? Where did it go wrong for you, Mindy? The, the spitting out the two. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, um, yeah, I'll come to church next week and then just wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. That's. 
Yeah, that's you my, that, that was my that yeah. yeah. But I'm also like I feel like a skeptical person by nature. Yeah. Like I I'm like very slow to be like, nah. You had to be nah. either born and raised into this this particular religious sect that we're talking about right now. You had to either be born and raised in it, or you had to be so lost to the point where you're grasping for anything. Yeah. And, and I mean, it really, it. like, it can easily happen. It can, which is why I, like, tried to write it in the perspective of, okay, if I were that lost, if I weren't I, And naturally... I say that I say that now. Yeah. Like, as a 35-year-old. Yeah. But that could have been different, right? You know, 15 years ago. If I were, uh, if I were a minority in the 60s who didn't have any family and didn't go to church, yeah. didn't have any kind of community was being kicked out of everywhere because of the color of my skin. I think maybe there is a slim chance I would have at, at some point joined this. Yeah. This movement. Maybe not stayed, <laughs> but at least at some point gone yeah, I can to see, a few rallies, I a can, few sermons. I can definitely see why it was appealing. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I mean, how many like conspiracy groups do we have now? Yeah. Where that's like, you know, that's like a tiny like portion mm-hmm. Like, there, there's so many things that you could get sucked into. It's easy to rabbit hole. So it's easy. easy to spiral. And then start questioning everything. Yeah. So let's... So pretending you're back in the story, there are members of your found family here who start to feel like that. They start to get skeptical. Mm-hmm. They start to see what's happening. And they don't just leave the congregation. They leave and then just start writing smear campaigns in the news. They start harassing. They start picketing events and rallies they are so adamantly and so quickly against this preacher that you're still following let's pretend you're still following him and they're just lodging all these attacks um at some point you learn that some of these estranged former church members are going to the media to report all of the church's practices they lodge accusations of various forms of abuse including physical and financial Mm. which you've seen you've Uh seen these you're still living in this congregation you you know it's true you know what's happening it's it's bothering you that they are attacking it maybe the way they are maybe they're saying things that make you feel like oh they're calling me stupid or oh they're insulting my people as a whole because these people well let's let's say it's you in this congregation you you identify with this this church that you're joining so much that every insult even if it's just specifically it towards your preacher yeah you take it personally because you're like but i'm following him because you believe in how it. dare you call me stupid right yeah so these these reports these articles start coming out and the preacher's getting real upset about it yep. understandably well I mean, he's also getting upset he might about be it. noticing that his his grip of powers because people are leaving yeah people are leaving and that's okay. not good so you you read about this and uh Hold on, I lost, I lost my spot in my notes. Okay. You're doing great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. My brain's not there, but I'm hanging in there. Yeah, me too. Um, you start talking to fellow members, okay? Um, members that you're really, really close to, and they are also really mad about these allegations that are being said. And you're even like, but I mean, they're kind of true. I don't like that they said it like that, but they're kind, they're kind of true. Yeah, I mean, on some le- on some level, you would have to know, yeah. like, hey, yeah, that's but true. But you're lukewarm about it because you're like, I'm not because I'm not ready th- to leave. This is my family. I'm yeah. not ready to leave it. Yep, yep. But yep. I also don't completely disagree with what's being said about us in the press. Yeah, not completely. So, um, 
And based on, let's pretend based on your own trauma and background, what you're witnessing in this congregation is not as drastic as the news is making it sound. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I've had worse. (laughs) This is not the worst abusive situation I've been in. Therefore, maybe you guys should calm down about it. You know what I mean? You have a very like, you're not up in arms in either direction necessarily, but you are starting to rethink a few things. Like, okay, if the news and everyone outside of our community is getting up in arms about this. Should I be? Should I be not lukewarm about this? Yeah. It seems like a lot more people are talking about it. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe I should too. There's a lot of bigger religions with unworthy leaders. There's a lot of corruption in a lot of churches. We've know this throughout history. Yeah. I mean, there's common, yeah, common instances. Human beings are human beings. Correct. You know, um, whether they're abusing power or whether they're being perceived as pure, but they're actually fully capable of making mistakes because they're humans is like, it's a, it's a thing. Okay. Not even, okay. People are imperfect. Doesn't mean that the doctrine is, and maybe that's what keeps you there. Because right. again, remember the doctrine started out so inclusive. Yep. You're like, this place is home. Maybe you start to like rationalize maybe because this preacher is human that's why these things are happening. It's not his doctrine that's flawed. It's just him. And yeah. that's okay, because I'll follow the doctrine, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this makes you dismiss all these ac- accusations, at least for a little while. Um, maybe he's not a divine figure like he claims to be, okay? You've known it from the beginning that he's just a human. He considers himself a- above his own laws. He's starting to use drugs. He's occasionally aggressive, and that makes you a little bit nervous. Um, I don't know. He sounds pretty bad. <laughs> Like, I'd be like, ah. I mean, we've established you'd be out way fast. That's true. You would have been like, later. Like, you really got to <laughs> hang in there yeah. for all that. It's, it takes a special kind of desperation to stay with us. But let's pretend, again, let's pretend you don't. But, but let's pretend, though, that now you are starting to go through the doctrine. Like, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. Maybe what he's saying about purity and sacrifice and this whole, like, contradictory inclusion versus exclusion yeah. kind of thing. Maybe cutting off everybody outside of this congregation is not a great idea. Yeah. <coughs> you love the community, you love the people, but you're also like, at what cost? At what cost? The The tricky part that I'm going to throw in here, which may or may not affect what you're thinking for the rest of it, is because of his weird and hypocritical purity laws, you've had kids with him. Oh, God. Okay. There are children involved now, which means that you can't just easily as walk away if you try to take his kids with you. Yeah. Or you leave the kids. So you're, you're in an even stickier. It's not even just found family now. It's like flesh and blood. You've believed this so much that you've had kids with oh, him. Oh, man. Okay. That is a lot. So in 1974, this church you belong to buys property in South America because the land's really cheap. The preacher's like, you know what? This is going to be the perfect place for us to just get away from all this negativity. We can make our own community. It'll be peaceful. It'll be perfect. It'll be a utopia. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to be self-sufficient. This is what God wants. This is what we're going to do. So you, along with the majority of the congregation, mostly because you have children, um, decides, okay, we will go and move to South America. I don't know. You know about that. Yeah. Let's pretend that this person that you are pretending to be right now is nothing like me. And you actually like being outdoors. And when you get to this land that's been purchased in South America, you're excited to like garden and farm 
and build stuff with your own two hands. That's like really fulfilling. And for a while, it is kind of a utopia. Yeah. For a few months, you're like, yes, this is good. This I feel really good and accomplished. The weather's nice. The weather is nice. You are away from the hustle and bustle and negative sure. mudslinging that's happening in the states, for right? Sure. And it's and you you can't. The moments that you've considered leaving, you've also remembered, I have no job outside of this. I can't afford to live on my own. Right. This community, this commune, if you will, that we've developed is pretty much all I can afford. My kids are here. It's easier to stay. I'm going to hang in there a little longer. Yeah. Okay. All right. You live a few years there with the people you love. It's good. As I said before, whatever doubts in the preacher and his doctrine that you had are kind of put on the back burner because he kind of, he has weird rules still. Mm-hmm. And since you're in an isolated community with him now, they're heavily enforced, but he's also like, you're still happy for a little while. And we're going to take a break. And after this break, we're going to go to the year 1977. Okay. And we're back. It is 1977. We're moving, good year. We're moving right along into the good, 70s. Good year for music. Good, it is a good year for music. Mm-hmm. So another wave of criticism has been launched towards your church, okay? You're in Guyana, South America. You're isolated from the actual news, but you can see, like, this aggression growing in your leader's face, okay? You overhear a conversation he has with one of his confidants about more abuse allegations. So you know, oh, no, those former members are back at it again about all this abuse and suddenly your doubts start coming back because you remember how you felt the first time this wave of criticism happened and you're like there were some truths to that there were and now i've followed this guy to south america why did i do that that was a choice that was a choice i mean you're with your kids yeah so it was it was a difficult choice but it was a choice you made and you're like well i don't okay you start to disconnect a little bit and kind of play around with the idea of maybe leaving the church. You're trying to think, how would I get out? How do I get out? How, how do I get, I get my kids, kids out? out? Yep. So these kinds of thoughts are coming through your head. You love your found family. You've loved working there. But you've seen the injustices increase over the year, the few years that you've been there. Yeah, and that's not good. <clears throat> no, it's not good. It's not good because you're isolated and there's no way to get help now, which is why they've escalated. So... The preacher's uh, behaviors are getting more erratic. He's doing more drugs. He's getting more aggressive. But like, what can you do? Again, you're in a foreign country. You're not in Sacramento. You're, you can't just catch a bus and right, get out. Right, right, right. You're literally on a foreign compound. You're stuck. You're in the, surrounded by jungle. You, you can't, like, if you run, you're probably going to get eaten by a panther or something, you know? Yeah. Like, your odds are not great. So for another year, you put up with this, okay? Oof. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're trying you're, you're trying to contemplate, okay, long game, I'm going to leave, but I don't know how. So you start thinking. But again, it takes this takes up to a year. You shield the kids as much as you can. You deflect negative attention from loved ones who are weaker than you. So you tolerate the abuse that you're now fully and wholly experiencing. You've stopped rationalizing. You've stopped forgiving. You've stopped pretending that you're not noticing that things going wrong. And then November 18th of 1978 comes up, okay? This preacher gets word that a U.S. representative named Leo Ryan <coughs> would oh, be coming. I know this one. <laughs> would be coming. Sounds familiar now. Wait a second. It's not just a regular schmegular call that you've joined. 
Ryan is coming to visit the community. He's received more information and allegations from the defectors of your church, and he thought it best to check in on things. This is great news for you. You hear this and you get so so excited because finally, finally someone's coming for you. Finally. This could be your way of getting out. But the preacher's not excited. <laughs> he's afraid. And when he's afraid, he's angry. Uh-oh. He's accusing, to the entire congregation, he's accusing the government of wanting to annihilate them. All of you. You. You collectively. But he can't stop the trip from happening. So he does what he always does. He pretends. So he tells you and this found family of yours that if anyone tells, if any word is told to the guests or anyone attempts to leave with the guests, terrible things are going to happen. Uh-oh. Terrible things. Sounds like he's trying to be protected, but it's actually very thinly veiled threats. So when Ryan gets there, when Leo Ryan gets there with his armed security and his, the, this team of reporters that's come with him, the preacher welcomes him. And he's friendly. He's charming. He provides food. He provides entertainment for the guests. <coughs> you get kind of hopeful and you slip a note into a reporter's pocket explaining the situation. Okay. And how... You and the whole congregation are essentially being held hostage. On the surface, everyone looks friendly and content, but you're really hoping that this note yeah. is enough to spark action. Yeah, yeah, like, we Please. are not We're happy scared. here. Yeah. yeah, Things are going to happen that are not great, and we need someone to step in. The preacher tells Ryan that no one's being held against their will. Everyone can has come on their own free will, and they can leave any time that they want. Anytime. Everyone's free to choose. Mm -hmm. That's what he believes. Yeah. <laughs> we know that, right? Yeah. Despite him saying this, and despite you and others disagreeing with him, only one of your found family members is brave enough to leave with the visitors. One person leaves with them. They're, he's like, okay, anyone can leave, right? So if, go ahead. And he's looking, and everyone is terrified except one person. One person's like, all right, he said I can leave. I'm out. I'm, I'm, out. I'm getting, I'm assuming this is a childless person. I'm out. Who didn't have, yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm getting out of here. So, U.S. Representative Leo Ryan, three reporters, and one brave defector are then killed in an <gasps> ambush that ends up injuring nine others in that party. Ooh, it's on. Because no one could actually leave. Ooh. But the second that one person left... Crap hit the fan. Crap hit the fan. But you're at the compound when this happens. You don't see this ambush attacking and killing most of the guests. Uh-oh. You're at the compound, and the preacher says, oh, my gosh. Soldiers are going to be sent to our community to torture and kill all of us. This, this thing that happened, this is ba a bad sign for us. <clears throat> Soldiers are going to kill us and torture us. Not in that order. Torture and then kill us. So now everyone is afraid. Afraid and confused because the ambush doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And now the threat of potentially being captured by soldiers, tortured and killed, is upon you. But also you were just threatened by the preacher before the visitors came. Yeah. So there's just a lot of confused fear happening right now, okay? And... Hold on, I lost, I lost my spot again. I'm doing so good. I'm doing so You're good. You're doing great. Thank you so much. Okay, so not everyone's fearful of the soldiers, but also of the behavior of the preacher. So he's, he's making these claims, um, but he's also like, okay, everyone, we're going to do a revolutionary act, and this will save us. Everyone gather in the pavilion on the compound. 
this that is, is when, not a good sign. This is when you finally refuse. This is when you, instead of gathering on the pavilion and following this leader again, you and your children hide in a cabin. Okay? You close your eyes and you just pray for all of this to stop. This story is obviously Jonestown. So if you've never heard of this story, especially from this perspective, <laughs> that's what this is. And the leader is Jim Jones. I think it's, it's important to have that perspective, though, because it is. these are the victims of this. I've cult. heard, every time I've heard someone tell the story of Jonestown, it starts with, well, Jim Jones grew up a tr- troubled child. And it's, I'm like, I don't so, care. Yeah, yeah. Because he did terrible things, and we are erasing the victims of this cult. And again, we just, like, it started off with such good intentions. There was inclusion. He made a community that I'm sure a lot of the followers by the end, at the beginning, they had such pure intentions. And they just wanted a home. Yeah. They just wanted a home. Yeah. And he took advantage of that. Absolutely. People people that were good hearted. (laughs) Yeah. So now that you're pretending that you're entrenched in this cult as a victim, you can probably imagine walking out of your cabin and seeing all of your found family members, brothers, sisters, their kids, all dead. All of them were poisoned, except for Jim and one of his mistresses, which is an interesting choice. Both of them were shot. Some of them drank the Kool-Aid. And if you haven't, haven't heard that phrase before, this is, the, this is the event it's referencing. Some people drank the Kool-Aid willingly. But as doctors eventually learned when the scene was discovered by outsiders, um, some were also injected with cyanide. Against their will, mostly children and seniors. So this was not an incident of crazy cult followers drinking the Kool-Aid because boss man told them so. No, this This was a murder. These are trapped people. He literally trapped these people. Yeah, they went there on their own free will, but they were heavily manipulated for decades. By the time they got to South America, they were stuck. Mm-hmm. So if they started changing their minds like we pretended we did just now, right? They were stuck. Yeah. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And if he says drink and if the you Kool-Aid don't and you the say no, like yeah. you know, like how do you travel? And it's a jungle. Like you're you, going to die before you get to yeah, the next house. It's a bad situation that a lot of innocent people found themselves in. What's even worse is Jim audio recorded this revolutionary act, and it's what's called it the death tape. And I did not seek it out because I didn't want to hear it. So I read a lot of other people's accounts of what the tape says. <clears throat> and it's recording the whole thing. It's recording him talking to, the, to everybody, saying this is going to save us, blah, blah, blah. But then it, it, it plays enough to hear the people begging for their lives. Very few of them were willing participants yeah. in this mass suicide. Very few of them. A lot of them didn't want to die. They didn't want their children to die. Of they just wanted not. to go home. They wanted to go back to the United States. They wanted to save their kids. They wanted to be free. So the body count was 918. Jesus. That's almost a thousand people. That is awful. And there were only 33 survivors. Oh my God. 33 people hid when he said, everyone joined at the pavilion. 33 people hid, which like in terms of percentage wise, that's not a lot of people. No, that's not a lot of people. One third of the victims were children, children born and raised in this cult, not not children who just decided to just right. run into the pavilion for funsies. So Guyanese officials arrived in Jonestown the next day, and they started going through the scene and cleaning up the literal hundreds of bodies. And the Guyanese government 
They wanted no part in the burial, so the victims were slowly identified and then returned to their families. A lot of the first responders, for obvious reasons, developed severe PTSD. Yeah, I can't imagine. One of them said, and I quote, can't sleep, cannot get the small children out of my mind. It's a super traumatic yeah, that's, I mean, I, it's Seeing like, to have to clean up. my God, like how, how self-absorbed yeah. do you have to be yeah. to be like, okay, my power's running out, so the I'm going down, wise. Yeah, I'm going down, so you're all coming with me. He wasn't even, I would have understood if he reached a point where he was like, I've taken this too far, the consequences are going to be horrible, and then he takes his own life. I would have understood that because I'd be like, okay, yeah, dude, you're the, like, mental illness, I'm sure. Combine that with the drug use that he was heavily doing towards the end there. Yeah, you've taken it too far. It's gotten out of hand. You should probably handle this. But to take every, like almost a thousand people with you, that I mean, was that is, unnecessary. That is so extreme. And I don't even want to dive into his psychosis to understand why, because I feel like that's humanizing him too much. Well, I mean, like, and he was a human. Sure. He was a human, even it's though he did like mon- monstrous <laughs> things. You know, like, I think... What you mean is there's no excuse. It doesn't there's matter. No excuse. It doesn't yeah. matter like what what experience he I had. I don't care what his perspective. Yeah, it doesn't. Is. Yeah. It doesn't matter because it, nothing justifies it. No, it's true. And I'm not okay. So I'm. This is just to wrap it up before we get to our snack time. <clears throat> I'm not an expert, okay? But I found several definitions of the word cult that were like way too vague. Um, any system of belief could probably be classified as a cult in one degree or another so i decided to investigate kind of my own definition so in my opinion this is me personally religion is a really powerful thing for better or for worse it can literally save your life like it has mine i'm not going to dive into that but i will say that while researching for this episode i became really intensely aware of the difference between a cult and a religion so if a religion this is this is my distinction personally for myself if a religion you found has told you that you need to harm yourself or others. It's not okay, and it's probably a cult. Yeah. If a religion only seems to truly benefit the leader, it's not okay, and it's probably a cult. If a religion has lifestyle guidelines that some are exempt from and others are not, it's probably a cult, and yeah. it's not okay. Yeah. That's the difference. Because some of these things that would pop up, I'm like, well, my... My faith believes in stuff like that. You know, like I identified with parts of what sure. was developing. Well, that's, but then that's I was like, you, but our leader doesn't do that. I'm sure that's how like, he got people. Too. Yes. It's like, well, well yeah, there's enough. Tr- there's enough of what you would identify with for you to be like, that it's yes. compelling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it gets horribly awry, horribly awry. So the majority of my research for this episode <coughs> actually came from a Time magazine article that was written about the survivors around the time that a play called The People's Temple was being written. So when they were writing this play based on the Jonestown Massacre, um, they wanted to produce it so that it tells the story fairly. So they interviewed a lot of uh, individuals who survived, and they got accounts from them. And they really wanted to humanize the victims more so than Jim Jones himself. And they wanted to follow the decision and journey to, in joining a cult. So um, a lot of times through that article, it kind of was like, okay, it's like a boiling a frog in water. If you do it slowly enough, you don't realize what's happening. Yeah. Which is why red flags, when you're an outside observer, you're like red flag, red flag, red flag. But if it's happening slowly enough over time, you yeah. become kind of numb to it. You don't realize the toxicity. And especially like if you're in it from like 
the beginning and you really yeah. you know you've really put everything into it you've sold your house it's a big chunk of your life yeah like it's what a big it, chunk of your life you're like i've committed yeah i would read that article if i were you time magazine i'll put the link the link will be in the description box for this episode because it's definitely part of my source material um but it was very enlightening and it was an inspired angle yeah. for me because yeah. they were like we don't want to talk about jim anymore we're yeah, not talking everyone yeah. talks to, to death about jim we want to talk about the victims and why they got there. Yeah. So that's why I took that approach to this episode. So I hope you guys got something out of it that you haven't. If you've already listened to episodes of other podcasts and stuff about Jonestown, I hope this felt a little more fresh. Yeah, there's a lot out there. <clears throat> there's a lot. If you want to actually, I w- would recommend, if you are interested in Jim Jones as a human and how he got so twisted, I would recommend uh, Bailey Sarian's video. On the Jonestown, she goes into a deeper background of him as a person Mm -hmm. and how he got to the point where he was like a monstrous coal leader rather than. Yeah, there's a lot of documentaries on him, too, like but they've been done to death. They have. They have. And hopefully now you've got a a more rounded perspective. Maybe. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're just like, okay, let's talk about the leader next time. (laughs) Don't worry. More cults will be coming. Um, I just want to. Will you not do that (laughs) next time? Kindly stop talking about the victims. Uh, so, so that's it for today's episode Ooh. as far as the case goes. It's a doozy. Let's end on a nicer note, though, on a sweet note. What okay. is our snack today, Mindy? Um, our snack today are these really fun. They're called gummy blocks, and they're like gummy Legos. <gasps> and you can like literally. You can like, stack them? Yeah, stack them together. That's so cute. I know. That's so cute. Okay, let's try this. Let's try them. While she's getting those, we are also, if any of you follow us on Instagram, we have been doing a giveaway. Which features? What does it feature? It has a Cookies and Crime hat. It has a camper's mug that says, I paused my podcast for this. And it has some candy. Yes. Because we got to have cookies in there with the yeah, crime celebration obviously. obviously okay let's try these lego okay, gummies they look good they really do and go they're so chewy mm-hmm. a solid gummy there's a solid gummy i had a blue one and it kind of tasted like a jolly rancher i'm mm-hmm. on board with that i'll give it a four or a five a four four yeah yeah i would agree yeah not like, I'd, I'd eat a bag of them. <clears throat> In one sitting, probably. I would. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Easily. Ooh. All right. Well, let's draw. Let's draw a winner. All right, let's draw. All right. Find out who our winner is. Let's get our spinning wheel. I'm jealous because I want that hat. So what we're going to do is we're going to... <laughs> Where did the spinner go? Okay. Each... Uh, contestant in the giveaway has been assigned a number we're gonna spin a little colorful wheel and tell me when you're ready mindy okay i'm ready name the winner and spin the winner is number 20 who's number 20 number 20 is jl cordonier cordonier J.L. My brain stopped working. J.L. Cordonier. Cordonier. We will oh. reach out. We will reach out to you. 
Yes, I do know. I think I know who that is. Cool. I think I know who that is. Congratulations. Woo woo. You get some cool merch. If, yeah. if you didn't win, which is the rest of you, the rest of you who didn't win, and you want that hat or that camping mug, links, you can, links in the bio. Links will be in the bio and in the uh, show description of this episode because we have merch that you can just purchase yourself if you want to support us in the Little Arcus shop. So check that out, and we'll reach out to the winner. Congratulations, JL Cordonaire. Yes. And we'll see you guys next time. You're going to look fly in that hat. <laughs> Super fly. Super fly. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.